This is a podcast for all my single ladies. Cue the laughs, life lessons, and all things love. Welcome to Dating in the Bay. Now, let's get to it. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode. Today, my guest is Michelle Russo. She's a former St. Louis Rams cheerleader turned author of this book called Suddenly Single, and it's so funny. I read it actually in a single night earlier during this pandemic, and it's hilarious. Anyways, we'll add her on in a minute, but first, I'm going to answer a listener question, and if you're a listener and you have a question, send me a listener question on Dating the Bay Instagram. So this week's question asks about dating app norms and then how to have a conversation on an app and then how do you actually get to the date, translating the app conversation to a date. So here's what I do. I will exchange a couple messages with somebody and then I will suggest a date because you don't want to get bogged down in this infinite abyss of talking about your favorite color. We already are so stressed with this pandemic. I don't think we really need to get into any more of these issues, especially with a pen pal that you don't know. That just doesn't sound very fun to me, at least. So I try to get to the actual date and use the, the dating app as a vehicle to get to the date. Some people talk to people for weeks and weeks and weeks, and then it builds this you know connection that might not be there. And it's like once you're in person, it's so different. Like, I don't even think FaceTime dates are a really good representation of connecting with somebody because like for me, I don't, I feel so uncomfortable on a FaceTime date. It's just not really my element, but that's why the whole goal is to get to the actual date. You want to actually see if there's something there and explore that. So my recommendation, get to the date, exchange a few messages, and then that's where the fun begins. Michelle is my guest today. She's a former St. Louis Rams cheerleader turned author, writer, and host of the Sunday Scaries show. After being thrust back on the dating scene following a 10-year relationship, she came face-to-face with some of the most bizarre dating situations of her life. In an effort to find humor in her dating fails, she decided to lend her cheeky advice to others. From the sidelines of the NFL to the glamorous trenches of the modern dating world, Michelle coins herself the sideline reporter for singles. Never one to hold back, she calls it exactly as she sees it, with a like-it-or-leave-it attitude. In her new book, Suddenly Single, Modern Tales of Fairy Fails, she shares tales of fairy fails. Welcome to Dating in the Bay. Thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so excited. Before I forget, there's a picture on your website. And it has Ben Higgins from The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. And then Brandy, Brandy Glanville. Yeah, where was that? Who's the third person? I couldn't figure out who it was. I think it was, in that photo, I think it's Cody Nickerson from Big Brother. Oh, okay. I don't know who that is. I think. Well, yeah. <laughs> got to watch Big Brother. That's got, it's got its, whole, its own little group of like super fans. It's crazy because that show that we did was just like a dating show that we did at Hollywood Improv off Melrose. And Brandy Glanville is hilarious to sit on stage with and hear her dating stories but like she has her own housewives fans then of course every girl like loves ben higgins and then cody had his own group of fans and it's just me that they're like wow you say a lot of cuss words and you just laid all out there don't you lady (laughs) have you seen the season of real housewives yes and okay denise is so guilty but like brandy shouldn't have laid it out like that like it's she's shady for the way that she went about it but totally she's she's guilty yeah i know i'm like good for you guys do you i feel like the housewives have really gone downhill why is this the main 
You know what? In Dorinda, if you watch New York, because New York is the best franchise, don't fight me. It is. I've no, like, it no. is the best. Potomac. Dorinda leaving. What? Potomac? No. Oh my God. Don't sleep on Potomac. I sleep on Potomac. Potomac. Okay. Just seriously, right now, their season is ridiculous. Really? Yeah. You need it's, to tune in. I stopped I like, watching that. I'm so sad about Dorinda, but I just saw there's a petition to bring her back. So Where do I sign? I'll send like, it to you. <laughs> send it to me. <laughs> I will sign that shit. I'm like, what a loss. First, I know. Bethany, then Tinsley, now her. I'm like, no. But I do love right. Leah, the new housewife. She is yeah. just, she's a straight bitch in all the best ways. I I love, okay, we're going to have to like do it. We can set this. Okay, so <laughs> I wanna, if I ever have two other podcasts, it's going to be about housewives and then about ghosts. Oh, then I'm your girl. Let's go host. What's up? <laughs> um, so you have a show called The Sunday Scaries. Yeah. And it's dating and ghosts, my two favorite things. My two favorite things. And when I came up with that, everyone was like, why? That makes no sense. Like, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it's so hard. You back yourself into a corner with the dating stuff because, and you probably have this yourself, like some people don't want to go towards the humor in dating and it tends to get a little like preachy or let me help you out of this self-help thing. And sometimes you just want to have fun. But the ghost stuff always keeps things fresh. So you can have someone come in and it's typically lighthearted. They drink a martini or have whatever kind of alcohol they want. And we just talk about some of the funny stuff in dating. And then I challenge them to a little ghost hunt. Have there been ghosts seen? Totally. Have you seen one? So we have a, we have cameras set up. We have, I think, six or eight security screens. And you can see orbs. You can, it'll tell you when there's motion detected. And that's in the entire place. So we film out of the Lent Brewery which in St. Louis is this huge, it was like a city block long brewery that back before Prohibition hit, they were the original Anheuser-Busch. They were bigger than Anheuser-Busch, which makes Bud Light and all the beer everyone knows about Budweiser. The beer baron families in St. Louis. So it's cool because the, the Lent family, like that was it for St. Louis. They were huge. Prohibition hit and then they say the family got cursed. And I think it was three or four generations, I'm going to say three, that killed themselves the same way with the same style gun, all the same way. Imagine that, like a grandpa, a son, and like the son after that, all doing it the same. It's just just been this ongoing curse. So there are two ways when you come to St. Louis, because you got to come. You can stay at the Lemp Mansion, which is where the Lemps lived. And there's underground tunnels that run from the mansion to the brewery. So they would walk underground because I think it was William Lemp was just... He started going crazy and he didn't want to be bothered by the public. Like totally. Yeah, I would just, I just I would totally stay there. I yeah, love, I, it's I love anything spooky and scary. I love it spooky. I don't like it when I'm like actually legitimately terrified, which has happened sometimes in the basement of that place. But all the, so the brewery sat empty for so long. It, I think someone just bought it. Gosh, maybe 10 years ago. But before that, like it had sat for years and years. And the area of town got run down. So evidently, you can Google this. There's someone called the package killer. And the package killer would pick up women, prostitutes probably, and bring them back to the basement of Lemp. And he like kept them there and held them hostage and all kinds of weird stuff and then killed them. And nobody knew because no one ever went down there. And then the area started to pick up. Tourism started again. Stuff started moving back downtown. And now I'm like, well, this is just kind of cool. Like, why not? So the basement is legit haunted, really haunted. Dang, that is crazy. So you bring all the dating show people to the basement. 
you know what? A lot of them won't even come. Like Ben Higgins is being such a baby about it. I've asked him so many times because they were going on the Bachelor tour and they're coming to St. Louis. I'm like, Ben, like, let's do a show here. And he is scared. What? He's oh, so God. scared. Yeah. So we got to talk him into it. Oh but God. other people are all about it. You're either into the stuff or you're not. But regardless, if you're going to be in town it, and you're going to do an interview somewhere, like it, at least you get to see a cool piece of history. Also, Vogue rented it out for photo shoots because it's super industrial and like it's just it's cool looking. Huh. I love it. I love ghosts. Everything. Do you? Yeah. Similar to your story. I've, I feel like I've always had these weird ghost encounters. And growing up, we moved into this house. I was only nine. And I was terrified. And I didn't know why I was so scared. And we kept on telling my parents, I'm so scared. There's something creepy in this house. I don't know what it is. Like, I'm really freaked out. I think there's a ghost. And no, there's no possible way. And I would, I was literally, ter- I wouldn't sleep. I would sleep like in a sleeping bag on the ground. Like I was so scared for some reason. Oh my gosh. But yeah. So then I was so scared. And I was telling like one of my friends, I would walk home from school with her. And she's like, that guy died in your house. And I was like, oh. What? And she's like, yeah, he killed himself. And I was like, what? So I march home from school. I'm like, Allison said that somebody killed himself. And you're coming home. home with the facts. Yeah. Like, I yeah. told you. And then my mom was like, we didn't want to tell you because you already thought there was a ghost. And now it was really haunted. And so I believe in all that kind of stuff because there's something that you can pick up on. Or I don't know what it is, but. Some people can, some people can. I mean, I've had guests that are like, I don't believe in that stuff. And that's fine. It's to each his own. But for me, it was just kind of like it happened. And I was like, you cannot believe my story, but I'm like, I'm still terrified. <laughs> Do your parents never had anything happen to them? Like it was just because ki- I guess children have an easier sense to that stuff. Yeah, I think kids pick up stuff more because I had some other weird stuff, but we can save that when we do our ghost podcast. Well, let's do a ghost podcast. We could do it. We'll do a Halloween special. Yes. So I do want to get to your book, but maybe you can go back to the psychic stuff because I know I saw you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I saw you share that. I was like, oh, girl, let me tell you, because this house that I'm recording in was the one that the psychic was like, you're going to find your dream house and it's going to happen really fast. Okay. Uh, and then it did. Like within a week, probably not even a week, probably less than that. And it just fell in our lap and it was a 30 day closing. And that's why it's not decorated because hey, it, looks, it looks super decorated. It's super not. <laughs> it's a nice couch and really good. My parents lighting. dropped that off. they dropped the dog and they dropped the plant they're dropping all this shit off they just moved too i'm like okay god no one else move please stay but are they still in st louis or where are they no no they moved down to the ozarks which is eh, it's three hours away but it's fun i've seen the show so i I know all about the ozarks about money laundering it's not really it's funny oh perfect (laughs) mom and dad are down there working (laughs) (laughs) bringing home the bacon exactly i loved your book I have it right here. Oh, yay. I loved it. I have all these notes that I took in it. Oh, gosh. Hilarious. I like, I always have flags, like little carrot flags that I put in it, like highlighting things. Oh, it's so funny. And yeah, so I would, I love the premise of it that you're making fun of all of these dates that you went on and then you have advice for how to avoid these situations, both the person, like how to get over it for them and then also for the crazy guys that you went out with. So I would just love to hear more about like how the book came about and then what it was like actually writing it. Because I feel like part of it's like kind of trauma that you're reliving these really traumatic stories. It's cheaper than therapy. It's true. It's totally cheaper than therapy. It took, so I had no plans of being a writer. I barely made it through any writing class in college. Like no one would ever see this coming. This was never 
ever in the cards for me. But you know, when you go through a situation and you just keep getting the weirdest dates, and I feel like so many single girls always say like, I could write a book. Well, I just did. So I just decided to put pen to paper, but it did start as text messages between my friends and I of just these horrible first dates. It's not like a tell all of, of bad boyfriends or anything like that. I was in a seven year relationship and then almost immediately in another three year relationship. So for a span of 10 years, I had no idea what was going on in the dating world. Meanwhile, here comes Tinder and Bumble and Netflix and chill and all this stuff. So when I like waltz into the dating world, I think it's going to be this fantastic time for me to just like thrive. It was horrible. So I had no choice but to write about it and learn how to laugh because otherwise you'll cry. <laughs> totally. And I will say too, I think that's actually why I started the podcast was because I have to, to survive dating. Part of survival is you have to not take everything so personally. I've definitely learned a lot of resilience and kind of rolling with the punches and not taking everything so seriously. So when you had all these crazy things going on, how did you find the resilience within to keep going? Because I feel like it's easier to laugh at the stories now, but in that moment, like going home and that's really, that's your reality and that's your night. How do you keep going? Because I feel like a lot of, at least me and my listeners, like we're all single and trying to persevere. Yeah, exactly. Because it can take a toll at some point. Oh, dating exhaustion is real because every little letdown, no matter how big or small is a letdown. It's all a form of rejection and it sucks. So I don't know, maybe the Chinese saying fall seven times, stand up eight, you have no choice. Let's keep going. And it's really just a personal decision to make. Okay. At some point I'm going to find the silver lining in this because if not, all you're doing is taking each one of your fails and it's Each one of these stories is a brick and you build this wall to protect yourself. And then you finally do meet the one, which I can tell you all about that because now I'm on the other side. This book was, it took four years to write. So now I'm fast forward getting married in a month. Wow. I mean, even though I found a way to laugh at some of the dating stuff, like there were relationships that fell through that totally broke my heart. And here you go, building these walls subconsciously. You don't even know you're doing. And then once you find your person, You get to go out and buy yourself a hammer and knock down the wall that you spent the last four years building. So it's, it's, you think that when you're single, you, everything will be so much better when you find your person. But in reality, I mean, it is obviously it's everything you want for your life, but still, you still have a whole new set of problems, a whole new set of insecurities. Like for so long, it's how am I going to find the person? Then you do find them. And the question is, oh shit, how am I going to keep this person? I would love to hear more about that just because in my mind, as a perpetually single person, no, yeah, I love me until I'm not eventually I won't be but actually, apparently to the psychic I have four. I know we got to touch on that later because I'm like dying here. I had the same thing. Really? Yes. Um, He said I'm in a four year window. It's nebulous as to where I am in the four year window. But I want to hear more about the insecurities part because as a single person, seeing how other people are in relationships, sometimes I can put them on pedestals. Oh, they have everything figured out and they, what secret sauce do they have? So I would love to hear how you've managed and overcome insecurities because we all have them and I'm sure they manifest in different ways. This is interesting. Nobody ever talks about this because I've been in this, I've been talking about dating for five years now, like professionally, (laughs) but nobody talks about this. And it's almost like maybe people don't want others to know how they feel, but The reality of it is you do have some set of insecurities when you're single, or at least I did. And for a long time, I was like playing to what I thought other people wanted of me. 
So for instance, I could sit there and lie and be like, oh my God, I love sports. I just love, I love going to Cardinals games. I love baseball and I'll sit there all day. And in reality, I don't. Why would I lie? Because all that's going to happen is I'm creating this illusion. And it's amazing what guys can actually pick up on. They see right through it, whether it's big or small, you play as the cool girl or whatever, act like stuff's going to bother you. You're better off just being you and not toning yourself down because of something that you're insecure about. Because the most important thing is you find someone that sees all of that and they like it. It's a quirk instead of an insecurity. It's all just perception. But you get on the other side of it, you are still just as scared as you were before. So you're better off just being the best you no matter where you are, engaged, single, married, whatever. What does that look like for you now that you're almost married? Oh, God. We still have. So you know why people say marriage is hard? I'll tell you why marriage is hard. Because I'm already like, God, marriage is hard. But it's one. It is wonderful. But there is, I suck at being vulnerable. And I didn't realize that until I found my person. And I found this relationship. Like it was so much easier being single. I just said to a girlfriend a couple weeks ago, because when you get scared or you have some sort of disappointment, your first reaction is to go back to where you're comfortable. I was comfortable being single because I called all the shots. I was in control, completely financially independent. I didn't have to ask anyone for anything. Not that I do now. You, like you go from being hundred percent on your own, calling all the shots to being considered of the other person. So there, no matter what, you have hurdles, you have things to learn and you have to be able to be comfortable like putting yourself out there and beginning again because you're still failing, even, even in a relationship. Like not telling the whole truth, that's a fail too, just like a bad date. So you do have to be lighthearted all through and through because it's not like, there is no destination. I think I always thought there was a destination. It's a process. Like Getting the book out there was such an accomplishment, but really writing and living that book, that was the best part, the every day. It wasn't like a start and a stop. And that's how everything is. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's like also very comforting because it's, I don't know, it sounds just so much more manageable. Like it's not this unattainable, like this happens and then, oh my gosh, everything's poof. It's, it's going to be hard. And I, I find comfort in that just because it's, life is hard. Life is hard. It's not even a marriage thing either. You don't have to be, even just to be in a relationship of your dreams, no matter what that looks like. It might not be marriage. That's great. Whatever works for the particular person. But wherever you are, you really have to find out exactly what you want. And you, the more in touch you are with what matters to you, like what are your absolute nots, things you absolutely have to have in a relationship, you just have to be honest with yourself. And it's just crazy because I, for years, like I didn't even realize I was building these walls, just building them all up and I was safe and I was protected and no one could get through. And my fiance said before, like, I get it. I know you don't need anyone. You've made that very clear, but where do I belong? So that hit me like a ton of bricks. We've had to work through that kind of stuff too. What did you say? I was like, well, what do you mean? You belong right with me. And he's like, do you not realize like how, I think a lot of my bad dates kind of went that way because unknowing, I was just projecting like this strong girl that no one could, you know, you can't, oh, can't break my heart. I don't care. But I did care. Obviously, it was a form of protecting myself. And you have to break down those walls because you're going to get hurt. But failing is not trying again. Begin again. Yeah, totally. So how did you meet your now fiance? And then how did you like, did you instantly know or because I kind of subscribe to the belief that it's a slow burn that you 
you know, you can grow into it, not like a fireworks, everything explodes. That's like a twin flame thing. You ever read in that kind of stuff? No. Like twin flames and soulmates, all that kind of twin flames are like fireworks like that. Joe and I actually, we met in seventh grade and he can tell you exactly where we were, like the layout of everything. Cause we went to schools that were like right down the street from each other, but we never reconnected until later in life. I went on a first date with one of his friends and this guy took me to a bar. So sweet. He'll be coming to our wedding. He's a very good friend. But while we were there, I was like, this isn't going to work out. What kind of guy is taking me to a bar for a first date? And But Joe was there and we reconnected and it's all fine and funny. But you just never know how things will circle back. But he said before, oh, if I could only have just reconnected with you years before. And I said, there's no way. Like we need, I needed all those bad dates because I didn't know what I wanted. And each and every one taught me a little bit more of like, my absolute yes is what I have to have. Yeah. That's actually what the psychic told me yesterday. He was like, who you're going to be with in whenever it is, isn't like you're, I'm kind of like in this growth transition mode. And he was like, you're not 2020. Literally all I do is just podcast and then finding a job. And I don't really have any space for a relationship right now. I mean, I, that's okay though. Yeah. And I'm trying to date, but I'm also like, right now I'm trying to just get through this little phase of sorts. Well, you should, because you don't get the time that you have being single. If you're looking for the silver lining in it all, you will never get this amount of time to do whatever you want and call all your own shots again, because you're going to have to be, you have to work with somebody else's schedule. Let's say you wanted to move here, but they can't move there with you. You just, you have to take someone else into consideration. It doesn't mean that someone else is calling shots for you to be a couple. You have to consider somebody else's feelings and Mm -hmm. You have every relationship comes with a certain amount of obligations. You have to go to their family dinners or, you know, just it takes more of your time than you realize. Yeah. In all the best ways. But yeah, I had to do that too. I had to think of, okay, clearly all all of my dating fails are going so bad. So what can I do here? I can try to be the best me I can be. And that was my secret sauce. So I thought, what if I were just living my ultimate single life and thinking of all the things I could do that I probably wouldn't make time to do if I was with someone else. How could I best utilize this time? So took my grandpa on a coffee date. We had a great date. I would plan like fun girls nights, like a strikes and champagne party where I'll go to just like stupid stuff on a Thursday. You go to a bowling alley and you bring cheap champagne, but it's just fun. It gets girls out and seeing a concert at Red Rocks or just things that I really wanted to do. And that's when I felt like the magic happened because I was being my best self and crossing things off the list that are in the back of your mind. I'll get around to that. I'll get around to that. And then you don't. Yeah, you did. So I want to talk about some of your really funny stories in the book. Oh, shit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I wrote down like my top stories that I thought we could talk through. Okay. And then, okay, so the Lord story. Oh, my God. You're not, you're, you pulled the Lord. No one ever pulls that one. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was my favorite one. Really? Yeah. Because I, I thought it was going to go in a totally different direction. You thought it was religious? I thought he was having an affair. No, no, I don't don't think he was, unless he had like codes in different area codes. But because <laughs> he wasn't he about that. Do you want to tell a story and then we can talk through it? Yeah. So every guy in the book gets a nickname because whenever you're telling a friend like, oh, this guy, Mark, Wait, who's Mark again? Because you will probably end up on so many first dates that your not single friends will just forget who's who. So naturally, everybody gets a nickname. So the Lord got his nickname because of all of his suspicious behavior 
I found out that he was selling drugs. So he was a drug lord. So that is why he got that cute little nickname of the Lord. But (laughs) he was a doozy. Nice guy. I mean, that lifestyle wouldn't work for me. But maybe now it's like more popular. This is before. Yeah. I just thought his behavior seemed so bizarre. And like, it was bizarre. He was taking the extravagant places, but only during the daytime. What was he doing at night? That he was he like going to raves or something? Or what was no, happening? I think at night they like do their runs, maybe. Oh, okay. Or but he so he was also super. I feel like people were always on the hunt for him. He was wanted in some sort of way. He always had to be looking over his shoulder. He always had to be positioned a certain way at dinner. Always like a little fidgety. It was just. It was a little bit like too Godfather esque for me. Like, like I don't know how I didn't catch on sooner that, sir, are you selling drugs? Like, <laughs> are you a massive drug lord? And I have no idea how I don't catch on. It's like amazing. But when they say love is blind, it really is. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I've had so many of those. We're just like, what? How did I get here? I, I give nicknames to people too. Everybody does. Yeah. It's way more fun. Cause I'm like, the nicknames are the best. Yeah. Plus, it also helps detach a little bit. Like, you're not so invested in the outcome and you're just, just seeing where it goes. You have to be that way, by the way. You cannot look toward so many girls go and they sit down and, like, okay, how can I make this work? What would this look like? What do our next five years look like? Could I marry this person? Chill out. Just, you know, sit down at the Olive Garden and have a breadstick, wherever the hell you want. Just relax. <laughs> One day at a time, or you will psych yourself out. Oh, I know. I feel like people jump the gun. It's, do I want to go on a second date with you? Not, do I want you to marry me? No. Yeah. It's just pump the brakes, people. They pick up on it. It's crazy. You would think that guys are not paying attention, but desperation has a stinky stench. Yes. That was a chapter in the book, but I took it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then Ace Ventura, pet detective. Oh, God. He was the worst. <laughs> he was the worst. Honestly, you would think that some of this, like some stories I have to bump up or I have to kind of make it funnier than what it really is. I did not exaggerate whatsoever on him. Like he's dead serious. <laughs> Having a mobile pet grooming business with this cousin, it's just like very, just strange, but so proud of it. He thought that he was the man, like the leading mobile pet groomer in the area. Couldn't get any better. Like ladies come hither. I'm the man. So (laughs) So ridiculous. There are so many weird stories in that book. I loved it. I read it all in one night. Just on a It's an easy read. It was so fun. And like I was cackling and my cat was like he was sleeping. He just jumped. I was like, (laughs) I had just a really ridiculous laugh. (laughs) You should like see yourself in any of the stories. Like when I hear other people's dating stories, like totally. Oh yeah. I feel like I would have been like, oh yeah, something similar to that. Like, oh yep. That I could just like, yeah, I just right wanted in. the camaraderie. Yeah, I wanted. I that's exactly what I wanted. A girl to just sit back and laugh and be like, oh, I'm not on my own here. I don't have. I'm not the only person getting these crazy dating stories. You got to have fun with it because they are so funny. Oh, they're hilarious, and the way that you write is the way that I write, where it's just like exactly what's going on in your brain, and it's just like talk, and also just it's everything the same. So I just was like, oh, I just can just speed read this. It's, I don't know. I speak the language. It was perfect. Oh, everything is cheeky with no filter. I think that's why I really enjoy sitting on a stage talking about dating with Brandy Glanville because she's like, I'm not filtered. If I'm not filtered, she is like, <laughs> there's no net. There's no like reeling anything back in. It's just all out there. I can only imagine. It makes me flinch and jump out of my seat a little to hear some of her reactions. Are there videos? Uh, I think so. 
I think so. Will you send them to me? I really I will. I have to find it. I'm pretty sure there's a live broadcast in, in a podcast form. Okay. Yeah, I would love to I'll see to that. send it to you. Yeah, it might be on my, I don't know. I used to have a podcast called the Love Lies Podcast. I know Ben Higgins' episode is still out there, but I don't know if we did a live of the show. I think okay. so, but if so, I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah, I definitely would love to take a listen again. Yeah, she'll, she'll, put it all, she'll put it all out there. Yeah. But she has to. I know, especially now. So I know we briefly touched on this, but going back to kind of, I know you were saying about how like women can sometimes jump the gun on what you want in a relationship or like what you in a person. And mm-hmm. there's like a lot of, a lot of my friends and we like were successful in a lot of other aspects of our lives, but it doesn't always translate to dating. Doesn't that drive you crazy? Yeah. That was my biggest hiccup. I'm like, damn it. I can overcome and outwork everything. Like I have accomplished all the things that I wanted out of my life as a single person. Like, why can't I figure this out? And then you start thinking like, damn, what's wrong with me? You really, the answer is nothing, but you might not be projecting your true self. You might be projecting your protected self. And that's, I think, what I was doing. Like, really just playing to what I thought people wanted to hear. Oh. Subconsciously. Not in a big way. I mean, not like, not in a big way. But, you know, you, all, you, you lead with your best foot forward. Yeah. But what are you actually, like, leading with? So I know I was probably coming off as too much of a bossy girl that they thought, oh, I, where do I belong with this one? She doesn't need me. So how did it change with your almost husband? Were you able to be more of yourself with him or were you kind of like, how did that work? I started by letting the walls down, but really I think that he's just the type of person that isn't afraid to call me out on that kind of stuff. And no one else had ever said like, where do I fit in with this? Or I know you can do it all yourself, but come on, give me something here. So really just to be able to identify that I was just, building all these walls. It wasn't serving me in any way. I thought I was protecting myself, but I was really just keeping myself from what I really wanted out of life because I didn't want to get hurt just like anybody else. I didn't want to seem like I was down and out. I wanted to be more on like the Carrie Bradshaw end of the dating, <laughs> like the, the glamour of it. There's two different sides to it. I didn't want to go on, okay, what's wrong? And it's not that anything was wrong. I just had to learn how to let other people in authentically. And it really was just a matter of like turning up who I really am because sometimes you you don't want people to know like the weird, like even the ghost stuff. I've had weird experiences probably my whole life and my closest friends and family know that and they know that I like sometimes have psychic dreams about stuff. I can sniff out a pregnancy a mile away. Totally. I like, I know when people are pregnant all the time and I would never say that because people would think I'm weird, but now I'm just putting stuff out there because if it's what I'm interested in or if it's a conversation that I enjoy having, well, then that makes me and I talk about it. Yeah, I like that. And it is weird and good. I'm weird. Yeah, a little weird. weird. <laughs> I, mean, I love it. When did the psychic that you saw, as was it the same one? Did they predict you were going to get married? Or like how so, did? So, yeah. So I found this one psychic and we did a phone session when I was 26 years old because she lives in Philly. And at the time I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be single forever. This is awful. I just, I have to know that this will work out. Or if I'm going to be like a crazy lady that's just alone forever, then I need to know so I can prepare myself for it. And she literally said, I'm not even going to talk to you about marriage until you're 31 next. And I was like, what, why? And she's like, we're not talking about it because I can tell already, like you will, you, that's all you think about. So do me a favor, stop effing thinking about it. We'll talk about it when you're 31. Guess what? I'm 31. 
or getting married in a month. Ironic. Look at that. Yeah. So she called it at 26, but she also just, I and every psychic's different, but this one was really good about, I do well with people that call me out on my bullshit, I guess. Or be like, no, you're going to overthink it. You're going to sit there and analyze it. You're going to look for everything. Like, no, done. Not speaking about it. Because I really needed something to shut that off or otherwise I would just be looking like I feel more at peace when I have all the answers, but the reality is I'm never going to have all the answers. So I really have to focus on living in the moment and just enjoying where I'm at, no matter what. Don't we all? <laughs> then, then was there another psychic then about yeah. that? Yes. I was filming the Sunday Scary Show and we, ironically, like my two guests that I had lined up to interview that day, both had to cancel. And it was so weird and I didn't know what to do. So I called the guy that's in charge of the uh, renting out the space and he, and I said, I have to cancel for today. Like, don't worry about coming down and unlock the doors. And he's like, well, you know, we have an in-house psychic if you want to interview her. So I was like, well, okay, sure. I guess let's do the episode. Now this episode hasn't aired yet because we're about to come out with season two, but she comes out. I have no idea who this woman is. Turns out she, she will be on Kim Zolciak's don't be tardy for the party. Oh, yeah. don't be tardy show because she did a paranormal investigation with their family. And I think she did a reading for at least Brielle, maybe Ariana too. But anyway, so she's telling me all this stuff. And she said, at first I thought I was just interviewing her, but then she said, you want me to read you? Well, I'll never pass up a reading. Sure yeah. not. So the, she also reads with cards. The first card she throws down is you're going to find your dream house and it's going to happen really fast. And literally, I think I said within a week, but I think it was less than a week. It might even been just a couple of days. It's been a whirlwind. We found a house and it fell into our laps, 30 day closing. And that's where I'm recording from today. Wow. She did not tell me that the house was actually super freaking haunted. And I had to call her back to clear it. We had to have a priest come in. It was like a whole thing. Wait, what happened? Oh my God. This house, like we have these beautiful wooden shutters that are so nice. And so they don't just like move around freely, but every night at 3am, these things would just be like rattling so bad. And it sounded like someone was coming through the window. It's so jarring. That's creepy. So much weird stuff was happening. And my fiance was like, we are moving. That's it. And that's disheartening because you just spend all this money on this house and like a place that we plan on being for a very long time. And then somebody else is here. We didn't know it, (laughs) but all of that has went away. She's pretty good. Her name's Sierra. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, the psychic, the psychic yesterday that I talked Did to. Did you do a phone or was it in person? A phone. It was a tarot read phone. Yeah. Have you done one before though, or this was your first time? I did one like when I was in grad school, my grad school, and I went and she was just saying these really generic. She's like, you're going to end up with someone tall, dark, and handsome. And I was like, Perfect. okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was very generic. This guy was so specific. And he, because I was asking him a lot about like career and other stuff. Like I have to ask about my love life and mm-hmm. like nothing. He's none of that will is like relevant right now. You need to like get everything else decluttered and then you can start. Kind yeah, of- that's a real thing. Yeah. Decluttering is very interesting to like call things in. Yeah. I think I read somewhere that you should, if you're single, you should always sleep on one side of the bed instead of sleeping in the middle with a big X <laughs> to sprout all the space because you're not subconsciously leaving room for someone else. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So I usually slept on one side of the bed. Fun fact, I usually sleep on one side of the bed, except lately I've been waking up the other way, like sideways, <laughs> across the bed, and like my cat's just never know. Like he's just sitting What there. the hell are you dreaming yeah. about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my diagonal look across is 
okay, dangling over the bed. I don't even know what's going on. Well, I don't know. Um, I don't know what message that sends the universe. I don't know. That could, <laughs> yeah, that could... really something off. Yeah. But I liked, I liked that he was really, he was like, I know you're not going to want to hear this. He's, it's going to be like a while till you settle down. And I was like, I appreciate, I don't know. Cause I feel like, yes, it's, it's more comforting getting that kind of information. It's less, I don't know. It just feels more like I can just relax a bit, whatever it's going to happen. Yeah. That's how I felt when the lady was like, nope, we'll talk about when you're 31. It just, okay, let me push that aside and just like, okay, well, it forces you to be like, okay, well, where am I at in the moment currently? What can I look forward to right now? So it doesn't always have to be about a relationship. Yeah, exactly. It can be so much more. So are you filming your new season now or? We are trying to. It's been a little bit difficult to get guests amid all the COVID stuff. And then with it being so close to the wedding and a move and my parents just moved, I had to move them. It's just been a little crazy. So we have two episodes that are set to come out for season two. And I want to do a big Halloween episode and maybe do it in like a graveyard or something, which is so spooky, which I actually, everyone's like, you love ghost stuff. I'm like, I really don't. I love spooky, fun Halloween stuff. I don't like to actually be scared. I like the idea of it. And then when it gets to be too much, I want to run the hell out like everybody else. Yeah, totally. Like, not for me. Once things settle down, I'm totally down to come visit. and Come visit. I'll show you all around St. Louis. There are a lot of fun things to do here, despite what people like to say. <laughs> oh, no. I've heard amazing things. And I haven't been to that part of the Midwest. So. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I haven't. Oh, okay. Come on the show and we'll do a ghost hunt. I can take you out. There's a ton of haunted history in St. Louis. And Ghost Adventures, they came to our building where we filmed. They've done an episode there. Oh, nice. And I think at Lent Mansion, too, where the owners lived. Oh, okay. They did both. All right. It's happening then. Yeah. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for coming. This was so much fun. And I'm ready to get spooked in St. Louis. Okay, great. We'll just plan our ghost episode next then. Yeah, perfect. We're going to start another podcast. (laughs) Yeah, stay tuned. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening today. Thank you to my guest, Michelle. Thank you to Studio Pod for editing and publishing my podcast. And with that, I will see you guys next week. Have a good one.